Mic check one, checking mic one. Check two, check two. Good, all right. Guest mic. Check three. How do I say, do I need it closer? Yeah, you gotta get kind of close. You can pull it out and hold it if that makes you feel better, like whatever you're comfortable doing. I'll just get up up on it. Kevin's got a good voice. The board is happy. Oh. Oh. The board is happy. (laughs) I like to please the machines. A lot of... A lot of times the board doesn't like Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 243. <laughs> I don't know. I came up hot. I don't know. I you did. No, it was good. Well, it's, one. you know, it's retail season. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Black true. Friday. Yeah. Well, it was Cyber Monday. It was Cyber Monday. Yeah, I bought a bunch of stuff. I hope. From Skynet. Really? From yeah, Skynet? From Cyber Monday. Yeah. Here's what, shipping. How, how are you going to? Here's how I celebrate Cyber Monday. I sit in the comfort of my own home, Mm -hmm. uh, but then I still go out and punch someone, like my neighbor, and fight for them, (laughs) like when the mail comes in, just because I don't want to miss the experience of acting like a goddamn asshole at a store. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, oh, you don't want to get punched in the face, but that's part of the fun of going to a store. You're going to go to Walmart and not get trampled? Yeah, I want to trample. I want to kick someone smaller and weaker than me to save 10 bucks. Of course, of course. Rip off some Christmas lights. Exactly. Yank them. Oh, God. I used to do that as a kid. I was a vandal. (laughs) I was a vandal. I was an awful vandal. Oh, boy. Yeah, we were the snowballs of cars kind of kids and then smashing things. Mm. Eggs? Oh, yeah, egg yeah, people's houses, sure. TP'd. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, unsupervised uh, children. Yeah, chaos. Chaos, yeah. <laughs> Divorced parents. That's what that's what happens in the 70s. Maybe you were acting out a little? No. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I think there was a lot of assholes out there had it coming um, with their nice yeah. houses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, and their eggless cars. Their eggless cars. <laughs> <laughs> Your car needs some protein, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for the sheen. Uh, Eggs actually are great for 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 the paint on your car for getting that paint off. Yeah, it is. You got a nice. Yourself, not like you're throwing diet coke. No, no, I'm not being a dick. Yeah, it's eggs. It's natural. It's a healthy breakfast. Yeah, Yeah, it is. I'm getting everybody needs. It's a cage free egg that I'm I'm chucking at your happy home. Oh man! So 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 Merry Christmas, everybody. I guess is what I'm saying. Merry Christmas, indeed. The, we're going to talk about the imitation game, Horrible Bosses 2, Nightbreed, the director's cut, the theory of everything, and uh, we've got a new guest that's never been on the program before. Never been on the program, uh, and just reached out and emailed me. He said, I listen to the show, and I want to be on it. Another uh, New York gentleman. New York gentleman who, yeah. uh, uh, as we said before the show, uh, New York comics that you, you know that you know me, this gentleman doesn't even know me, and he emailed and said, can I be on your show? I've told so many fucking New York comics that I'm friends with, yeah. hey, when you're in L.A., let us know, we'll have you on the show. Sure. And they're dicks. I've done the same thing. And they're dicks. And I'm yeah. going to go to New York, and I'm going to egg all their apartments. <laughs> uh, of and course. nice fancy cars. <laughs> Why fancy. wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those comedians with their fancy, <laughs> fancy <laughs> cars. Egg those comedians, Rolls Royces. <laughs> That's how they live in New York. Yeah. They're all in. Yeah, try to get the driver too. Yeah, yeah. fuck you. I'm just pu- egg a subway train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna egg their monthly pass. I guess yeah, sure. in New York. <laughs> because 
that's how they're getting around in New York. Wait a minute. Let's introduce our guest first. Um, a writer for the John Oliver writer show. Writer for the John Oliver show has a new podcast that we can't mm-hmm. wait to discuss yeah. uh, a little bit later on. Originally show. from San Francisco. And a comic as well. Yeah. Kevin Avery. Hey there, everybody. Thanks for having me. Sure, man. I think fun. the first thing we need to mention is what Kevin is wearing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, it, the cool is uh, objective because I got made fun of this uh, for this as I was walking out of the house today. But uh, I'm wearing an an Agents of Shield hoodie, and uh, it's got the Shield insignia on the like the breast here and on the back, and then it's reversible. And this is where people really throw their heads back and either point and laugh or high five, but uh, it's got Hail Hydra on the back. It's, <laughs> See, it's, it's reversible. You're in a depending. safe place, dude. Yeah, this is, I know this is, I feel this, like I'm with my people. <laughs> this is, depending this is, on what mood you're in, yeah. you know, you sure. put inside or out. <laughs> I have all the writers on uh, Last Week Tonight walking around saying Hail Hydra to each other. <laughs> like they've, <laughs> they've bought into it. I feel like I've done my my uh, job for king and country. Excellent. So I'm quite proud. <laughs> you're just doing, so, yeah. You are doing the Lord's work i'm trying i'm trying hail hydra you got that at comic-con i did this was my one big nerd comic-con purchase purchase. was it like six hundred dollars it was a hundred yeah it was a i don't so 50 bucks a side yeah (laughs) yes i bought two hoodies that day why am i why am i complaining no yeah yeah so you know i got a little uh and you got a punchline comedy club shirt on underneath that yeah wow good yeah i used to have that shirt i um I have several. Yeah, that's where that was sort of my home club. That's where I came mm-hmm. up in San Francisco. So that's a great club, by the way. It's so fun. It, there's it's it's one of those clubs that, um, <clears throat> first of all, any club that's been around a while and has a history behind it, and all yeah. these great acts have come out of there. There's just a vibe about a club like that. It's yeah. a beautiful club. It's too, a beautiful like club. Inside. They really don't do it right. It's mm-hmm. so intimate. The layout of that club. It seats two something, but it really it feels like a seventy seat right. yeah. theater. Like a, like a 99 like, seat just like, Yeah, like a black the box union. theater. It feels yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right there with everyone. And, and guess what? They like comedy. Yeah, they it's want to. <laughs> it's not a, a Chevy's that also does comedy. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> We've all been in that. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, like. We, but, but who books that Chevy's gig, by the way? We'll talk. They do a Marie Calendars. It's a whole oh, tour. Oh, sweet. The Chevy's Marie Calendars. It's I not mean, a Chevy's that does comedy. It's, I laughed and then also had my skin start to itch yeah because i've done that gig a thousand times well that's the funny thing about it it's i mean i say that as a joke but it's also kind of literally true like i think we've all done those restaurant gigs absolutely where you're just like all right and some of them have i think it wasn't a chevy i think like a a red lobster i've performed at a red lobster sure of course. And the thing about... And, and and again, it's not like that's surprising to anyone in this room. No. Like, oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, you yeah. just do it and... Yeah, why not? When you're coming up, well, yeah, you know. You okay, get a free, you know. Salad bars included in the yeah, game. Yeah, you get a free meal. You can order anything but lobster. Yeah, and you get 50 yeah. bucks and a salad. <laughs> and I, when you, you're a 23-year-old comic, that's... You, uh, it'll like, work. Why, that's, it's like winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the lottery. All those play like Borders Books... You ever do? Oh, I used to I did book a, Borders. He booked books. the Borders books. For real? Yeah, ten years. And Those we would get a what? A fun. Twenty dollar gift. Twenty five dollar gift certificate for books. That was kind of awesome because mm-hmm. yeah, I would do that, and they'd hand. And at first, you're like, you're not. We're not getting paid. You're paying, and then you would get this thing, and you'd be like, oh, I could just pick some shit out right now. Yeah, like, that was uh-huh. awesome. Yeah, it was. It was great, and the comics loved doing it. And then um, once the the people that ran it, I mean, they went. <laughs> 
a lot of changeovers, but the first guy that ran it, he was so into having the comedy there. Like, even during Christmas, he gave me a bonus. He gave yeah. me, like, a $100 gift certificate just wow. as a bonus. Hey, well, dude, thanks you for you had, like, here. it was like we... Like, oh, it was know. Patton Oswalt, Kathy Griffin. We had huge names Paul at oh, the Borders Books. Yeah. There. That's mm-hmm. great. I remember if, that was the gig, like, when you first moved to L.A. Everyone like, did it. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. you'd stand on there and look out the window on La Cienega. Right, and <laughs> see people drive by. Yeah, and there'd yeah. be people enjoying the show, and mm-hmm. always at least one person studying. Yes, mm-hmm. the one person looking at it from their computer or like, their... Right. Why like, are you... What? What is this? Okay. Continue. Yep. And then Frank Conniff started booking it with me, too, mm-hmm. before he went to New York. It was really fun. And then, you know, they canceled the show, and then the chain collapsed. I'm not saying they're related. No, they are. They, they absolutely are. are. Yeah. That show ending corrupted all yeah. of books. Um, funny story about Frank. He uh, worked at Totally Biased briefly when I was, when I was there. And uh, I don't think, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's been sober mm-hmm. for a long time. And um, <clears throat> that show made him drink. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I almost. Well, I did because I. Um, I. Oh, I feel t- to this day. I feel terrible about this, but we were. It was our first show of like I guess the second season, and we, you know, we were having. All right, we did it, moment. And I gathered all the writers into my office, and I, you know, said, "All right, let's let's toast." And I had whiskey, and I had ginger ale, and I told people, "There's ginger ale here," and the writer's assistant was pouring some drinks. And everyone had their cup, and Frank took it. We all took a swig. Frank took one, and then I heard him say, "Oh my God, that's real alcohol!" And then he and we all oh. thought he was doing a bit, and, he, and we're all laughing. And he runs out of the room and uh, and spits it out. And I didn't know he had been sober. Oh, and wow. I didn't know he picked up a glass of uh, or a cup of real whiskey. And uh, so you just go to AA meetings and hand out Jello shots. Basically, that kind of- <laughs> that's what I. I bring donuts too. I'm not a total asshole. <laughs> hey, you pussies! It's time to oh, drink. <laughs> felt so for weeks after that. I was like, Frank, are you okay? Is everything okay? How are you doing? I just felt so bad. You called your sponsor, Frank. Yeah, I'm going to meetings. Everything? He was like, I'm fine. I'm, you know, whatever. But <laughs> just when you said that name, I was like, Oh, Frank. I hope he's doing well. I'm so sorry. God love Frank. I'm so sorry. Um, so let's. Uh, we have one thing to announce, and then we'll get into the um, the movies. A lot of movies to talk about. Um, as you guys know, it is now shopping season, and we want to give you guys a discount at the Comedy Film Nerd store. So we uh, created a coupon code. This will be good until January 1st. 10% so off. 10% Everything off. Everything in the store. Everything in the store. Even the uh, earbuds, pre, um, pre-sales, uh, even the downloads. And T-shirts, the, CDs, anything. Whatever you want. And the coupon code is I'm a cheap asshole. <laughs> so, so if you type in I'm a cheap asshole, you'll get 10% off. Can't forget that. <laughs> so we want to passive aggressively tell you guys that we enjoy and appreciate you and then berate you for giving enjoying oh, a sale that we created yes because we're, we're thanks we're for buying pa- our stuff you suck you we're, we're very passive aggressive uh so it's i'm a i am a cheap asshole yeah the, the american spelling the, Amer- yeah. the american spelling of asshole oh man so, so 10% off anything in the store. And we uh, appreciate you guys listening and supporting yeah. us for all these years. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> That's amazing. So enjoy the coupon code. Yeah, and Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. So now this is a movie, uh, The Imitation oh, let's get Game. Into it. I really, um, I was excited to see this. I haven't seen it yet, but you guys did. So I want to hear how it was. Well, actually, it, well, yeah. All right. So you... Kevin, you saw this. I saw, am I the only one who saw it? Yes. Okay, okay. well, I'm 
I want to see it. Yeah. And I will see it eventually. I saw it last night, and I, I wanted to like this movie. I was looking forward to it. Full disclosure, I started, look, it had been a long day, and I dozed off inside of the first 15 minutes. So the rest of the movie, I spent trying to put all the pieces together. Like the Enigma Code. W- yes, exactly. So I felt <laughs> so very much... you had to solve your own riddle. <laughs> yeah. I was part of the film, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, my name came up in the credits at the end. I was like, look what I did. Uh, but it was... I, I did enjoy it. I just... It, I was traveling. It was a long day. Yeah. But um, that being said, just right off, I enjoyed everyone's performances in the film. I'm a big Benedict Cumberbatch fan. It's hard of, not to. I'm one of the. I'm yeah. what are the? I'm a Cumberbitch, as they. I hope that's a real thing. I I heard. I, I think that's what at one point that's what he said. His fans were calling themselves. I was like, oh, all right, whatever. Awesome. So count me in. Um, all right. He's great, Matthew Good. Is uh, really fun to watch. Uh, I, I liked him. He was um, he, he's done a bunch of stuff. I just know he was Ozymandias in Watchmen, um, right. and uh, and Kira, I like Kira Knightley, so I like you know, mm-hmm. so I I enjoyed her. But everyone is really good uh, in the film. The guy from uh, Game of Thrones, guy. Um, oh, the guy that plays the, the king, um, Lannister. Rory. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Uh, so. You have all these perform- so there's never. It, it's always interesting on the screen, mm-hmm. um, and I like the story. I like that World War II thing. I like the code breaking type of stuff, and uh, that's interesting. It was just. Do you like submarines? I love oh, submarine movies. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Every I mean, there were some moments when they would cut away to Charles Dance as the guy. That's the Game of Thrones. Oh, okay, okay, movie, yeah. Right? Who was Sardom Noonsby in the the Golden Child? Yeah, I know this. I know Eddie wow. Murphy. Wow, <laughs> holy shit! I didn't even think. Yeah, you're right. Now yes. that I think about yes, it, he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noonsby. Well, you... I'm sorry. Just... <laughs> <laughs> now I got to go back and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a great movie. It's it's one of those like Eddie Murphy. It films. was ahead of its time. Ahead of its time, yeah. and kind of caught everyone off guard. And, and deal- no one knew what to make. No of one because it. it's all this metaphysical Buddhism yeah. and evil versus good, and then and all these effects and, and all these effects, and then jokes. Eddie Murphy cracking wise. Yeah, that's ah, great. I think um, I don't think I ever saw it in its entirety. You have. I think to. I've only seen pieces of it. It's great because. It's well. First of all, Charles Dance plays a great bad guy. Yeah, he yeah. plays basically the like devil. the devil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Eddie Murphy is basically somebody went. Let's take Axel Foley and put him in this kind of sci-fi yeah. fantasy land. Yeah. And that's basically what he did. And it's great. And there's all these hilarious because he goes to Nepal and he has to like you know you have to drink this water and he's like. Oh, what are you, Monty Hall now? Like, yeah. he's, yeah. he's cracking all these. There's I mean, a floor here, Monty. That's Just, the great part of the, I like, I love that Eddie Murphy in his prime era of movies, where just all those were, because no matter what you even thought of the film as a whole, Eddie Murphy was always funny. He was great. There was nothing. Because yeah, yeah. there's all those lines it. you couldn't forever forget, like, we're not going to fall for the banana on the tail. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean <laughs> <laughs> my two kids, Monique and Unique. Like, yeah. I could quote his shit all day, and that movie is. It didn't have the breakout of Beverly Hills Cop, but there was it was just it was still a fun movie. It's fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and it weirdly still became like a classic. Yes, you right. know, like nobody doesn't know what Golden Child is. Right, right? Like that's you know, 
So anyway, I'm the, sorry. I interrupted. We went on a golden child. <laughs> so the imitation game. So you did like it. Like what? What? Um, what didn't you like about it? Was it the pacing or the? Um, I mean, me falling asleep in the movie, and that was just right away. I not necessarily the film's fault. No, saying? no, no, no. It wasn't the film's fault. I just was as soon as we sat down, and the lights got dark. I went, oh, okay. And it's it's one of those movies that you. Ha- it's not this high action thing, sure. you know. So. You better be ready to, you know, I should have Sit had and a, pay attention. Yeah. So I should have had a Red Bull or something. Uh, but, but, um, so I just, it, that just threw me off for the rest of the movie. I was like, okay, well, what's, uh, I had to sort of figure it out and remind myself, oh, this is happening. You know, the only thing that was weird about the movie, I thought, is <clears throat> the, by the time you get to the end of the movie, you're not sure what, it's about two things. It's about code breaking and then it's about this guy and, um, it's sort of his, uh, his sexuality comes into play. Sure, that's and, in the trailer. And the, uh, yeah, okay. So yeah, I'm trying not to give away anything, but so it's about both of these things. But mm-hmm. you're not sure which one it the movie wants to fall onto, and and that was the only thing I was like, well, what what was this about? What were we, you know? Oh, so you think that almost like got in the the two storylines kind of got in the way of each shifted other a focus bit? too much? Well, they I think they I I think. A little, uh, yeah, you know, I think they, they meshed them together pretty well, but I still was just like, so what did I, what was, what was the, the, what was I supposed to latch on? Which side of this was I supposed to latch on to? And maybe it works both ways. Maybe that means it's, it's got something for everybody, you know, because the, uh, the, the story of his homosexuality and how he deals with that, that's a very, obviously a very dramatic storyline. And, and the code breaking thing is just this fascinating sort of espionage type of, thing and it's just really interesting to see how oh, they build this machine and how they crack it and what happens and uh it's, so it's a very interesting movie i would recommend it but uh i just i felt bad i was like oh no i've i've done it again where i i once fell asleep in um syriana Oh, right. that's a because, movie. Well, that, if there's well, that, any a movie you gotta actually watch what? and pay attention to every scene, <laughs> it's that movie. You need to, and even if you do, you're still gonna go. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah there was so much. But the like, the, I remember falling asleep in that movie and realizing I'm now a guy who falls asleep in movies after a certain <laughs> time. But the thing about falling asleep there is, I I kind of was nodding, and then at one point I heard someone snoring. And I was like, who the fuck? Who's snoring up in the... And I realized it was me. I was like, oh. Oh, I'm that guy now. I am... Oh, oh. Okay. I'm the problem. Uh, yeah. yeah. I guess I'm, I'm just slowly dying. That's... It's, we're moving our way into... This is what I've become. So, but good movie. Uh, solid performances. Uh, he, do you think he's probably going to get a nod for best actor? Is it... I mean, it's gonna another, it's gonna be another strong field again this year. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. I don't. I didn't. Oh shit! I don't know because it's weird. He does something. It's uh, at first I'm like, how is this guy not gonna be Sherlock in this movie? Because he plays sort of this sort of disconnected person who doesn't really know how to associate with people, and he, you know, he's very like the nerd sort of, genius. Who, yeah, and so I'm like, oh, how is he gonna even Benedict Cumberbatch? You know, but he manages to walk this line where he's a completely different person, and it's very interesting. And he he does nail it. Um, I didn't get the instant. It's very possible. I would not be surprised if he was nominated for an Oscar. He, I mean, his performance is amazing. But I, I don't know. I feel like are they? Do, it, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think he'd be barely just 
he just barely missed the. Okay, he's solid, but I don't. I have a feeling that they're going to be more people thrown into the pot. But well, let's mm. talk about one of those movies, the next one that, that I saw, the which theory is the theory of everything. The theory of everything. Now, mm. this film um, is about the life of Stephen Hawking, and it's also uh, about really about his his marriage. A lot about his relationship, um, his marriage, which was played by Felicity Jones. You know what's always interesting too is when you have a biopic like this, when the person being portrayed is still alive. That's what's yeah. always, like you always wonder like well what is what does he think of the film because mm-hmm. like, you don't always get that the biopics a lot of times it's someone who's passed away so um, what what it, like go ahead Graham I, I'm curious to see uh, hear well, how this the, was the the director uh, James Marsh who's done Shadow Dancer and he did the Man on Wire documentary and he also did uh, you know he did the King um, so this film. Hold on, I'm going to bring it back up on uh, on IMDb because there's some stuff I want to talk about. Um, the Theory of Everything, Eddie Redmayne, who um, really we, we were introduced to this guy by My Week with Marilyn, which he did a great mm. job playing this sort of, you know, young, nice uh, English kid, which is who he is in this in the beginning. But th- I think he's going to probably get the front runner because... Three quarters of the movie, he's playing a guy with a physical, like, I was just, as an actor, I was like, man, he's got to contort his body for every fucking scene. You know what I mean? Like, just physically, how do and he's got to do that thing with his neck, and I'm like, God, that must have just, that right there. That's a long day on set. That's a long day on set. And then to do the progression of this illness, he he basically has Lou Gehrig's disease, mm-hmm. and how it starts out. You know, he's kind of the movie starts out showing him just sort of fumbling with stuff, and you know, well, he collapses it like that's in the trailer. That's too. when it. That's when it. That's when they kind of he gets the diagnoses about this, and and really, it's about it's a slow paced film. Like mm-hmm. rest up. Kevin, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> like, this, is, this is one of those movies where Gets you put a pot on, yeah, <laughs> like because um, I had to make sure I was awake when I saw this because I was like, wow, okay, you know what I mean? Like, I gotta get my shit together for this film, yeah. Um, so it is, it's really intriguing, it's a very slow paced movie, but in terms of performances, Felicity Jones is amazing because she and it spans their. 20 some year 30 year relationship or something like that um at least 20 years yeah so they meet in college and and then she, you know he's told you've got two years to live mm. and she's like i want to marry you anyway and all this stuff and she has to you see the transformation of this young college age woman who's in love with this brilliant scientist and then ha- the re- the reality of the the day to day reality oh. of having to deal with somebody who was confined to a wheelchair, right? And yeah. that's not easy. <laughs> well, especially after it's like you're there when it's well, you got two years, and she decides I I'll, I'm in for the the long haul of sure. the two years, and then it's it's not, not two years, and you're like, holy shit, we are still here, and I'm still doing that. Like yeah. that's got to be. I mean, a that's love. They know. But that's got to be, that's got to take its toll. And that's really what it's about. And then there also are some cool moments of how he comes up with some of his theories. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
I won't go into the details. I don't want to spoil it, but just cool stuff where he's like, oh, you know, he's thinking of something and he visualizes something and then goes, oh, that. And, and yeah. how he's dealing with that, how he's dealing with the other, you know, he starts out, he's a, he's a young PhD candidate at Oxford or Cambridge, I forget. And uh, is that the same place? I, I, sure. I don't One know. of the fancy uh, Brit sure. colleges. Yeah, yeah One no. of the fancy Brit schools. Um, and, um, uh, or is Oxford University in Cambridge anyway? Well, See, I'm you're going to bring us Cambridge. all down with you because yeah. now we Message. know, now everyone Cambridge, knows we don't know either. No, but there's Cambridge <laughs> University in the UK as well. There's... I thought they all just went to college at Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just a big <laughs> yes. castle somewhere. Yes, yes. Isn't that um, how the Brits do it? That is exactly, yeah. University of Cambridge is in uh, the UK. All right, so I'm going to not sound like such a <laughs> Anyway, this guy talks a lot of science stuff with his broad, and uh, they have a nice science relationship. Yeah, in that egghead country. The yeah, UK. That, where sure. all the eggheads in Hogwarts live. <laughs> yeah, right? Do they all do magic? Uh, yeah. or just anyway, another Eddie Murphy movie I really liked was... What is Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic. There you go. Um, so anyway, to see the interaction of, of a young Stephen Hawking with these and the, and the progression of him from quirky student to world-renowned genius yeah. and how that relates to their marriage and everything like that is, is, is really fascinating. Is this a best picture nod? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But I think definitely best actor. Best performance. For, best performance for Eddie Redmayne. And I think Felicity Jones might. For supporting? I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does a pretty, but he for sure has to be yeah. on the short list because you've got, who else this year? Like uh, Steve Carell and Foxcatcher. Um, What's, uh, I don't, maybe um, from Nightcrawler, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you that know. That performance was really good. That, Mm-hmm. creeped me out but i was i was like a hey, great movie but yeah. I, d- I didn't want to be alone after that <laughs> i needed to hug somebody in the theater no no yeah and the ending i didn't like the ending but um yeah. the but yeah he is like it gives you shivers how fucking creepy he is in that film yeah and this is you know i don't know breakout performance it sounds like i gotta say breakout actor. performance eddie redmayne for because mm-hmm. it's just He's so spot on, and and I've had and I've, you know, um, you know, watched some stuff with the actual Stephen Hawking and seen him speak and all that stuff, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that's, and then the the acting job when he's virtually catatonic yeah. as he is today, and all he can do is click mm-hmm. with this speak, you know, this this um, speech computer, yeah. And how he conveys really deep, profound emotions in these scenes in that state was was really amazing. Like, it's really amazing. I mean, so. that's something that takes deep, deep concentration as an actor. Because also, remember, there, and uh, you know, I don't know how much they did this, but a lot of times you're shooting these scenes out of sequence. Right. right. So, yeah. what stage am I today? Mm-hmm. What stage am I now? Where okay. am I? You know, and you're you have to. It could be very easy to sort of. Forget and see lose. which stage of the, the yeah that you're in for the uh, deg- degradation uh, degradation of your body. Yeah, like how do you not you know on Tuesday? Well, I was like this, and right. on on Thursday, yeah. well, now I'm standing like it's just All so right. that takes intense concentration. I'm sure that yeah that dude check the continuity girl's iPad. What was the uh, 
check where your aunt <laughs> yeah. was and you know what yeah. you well, know yeah. literally for no, that. I mean, you have to that's yeah. just from a from a you're right from just a logistics standpoint not mm-hmm. to mention from an actor standpoint how do we do this yeah mm-hmm. and and how do we accurately i was just reading uh, on imdb that you know eddie redmayne spent uh a, a long time with um he spent three hours with Stephen Hawking and he said maybe eight sentences, you know, and, and, you know, how he prepared for that role. And again, he's not watching. I mean, I'm sure he watched interview footage or whatever, but he's, he actually meets the guy, yeah, you yeah. know, That's and, what's cool. and, and, and how do you deal with that? So I think I put him on the, I put him on the, the, the he's the front runner for me right now. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Some other All roles right. might come mm-hmm. out, but that's what I would put him in. So, all right. So, what should we do? What should we do? Maybe break it up with Nightbreed. Let's break it up with Nightbreed. Yeah. Buddy. All right. Now, I watched this. Uh, the director's <laughs> cut. <laughs> um, I really wanted to see this because Mark. Um, we got the whole story when Mark came in to talk about this film, and I wanted so to bring anyone it. up to speed who hasn't. If you haven't uh, heard what happened with Nightbreed, as you know, this is the uh, famous Clive Barker movie. It was supposed to be the follow-up to Hellraiser. It was a disaster. The studio destroyed it and cut it, and then the footage was lost for many, many years. But um, Mark Miller um, got in touch with uh, and basically became friends with Clyde Barker, and Clyde Barker gave him his blessing to hunt down the footage and try to recut this film, you know, 20-some years later. And couldn't find the footage, was having a lot of trouble, then found a box of VHS tapes in Clive's house that had all the footage on it. (laughs) So they put together like an extended VHS cut, but it still wasn't, you know, it's nothing they could really release because the footage was so poor, uh, poor quality. So they finally found the footage in like a, um, a warehouse in Ohio. And then they, um, they put it together and it's a completely different movie. I was watching at the beginning because Clive and Mark introduced the film, the, mm-hmm. uh, the recut. And Just they real saying, quick, it's episode, two, if anyone hasn't, listen to episode 240 with Mark Allen Miller and you'll get him telling yes. the it, whole story. About it's, it. And it's a great story. It's, it's and, a uh, fantastic right. story. And what, um, um, what they were talking about before the film starts is that how there's actually... Um, 40 minutes of new footage in the film, but the film is only 20 minutes longer. So they actually went back and cut out a lot of scenes that didn't make sense, the studio oh, made, yeah. that didn't serve the story. And then they added uh, the extra footage. So it's only 20 minutes longer, but it's uh, 40 minutes of, of new footage. And when I watched it, uh, the first reaction I had is, because uh, Mark had said this before, you know, it is dated. It's an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. And it really almost felt like um, like when you watch an Expendables movie, you're like, oh, it's you know 2014, and I'm getting to watch a new 80s action movie. This is what it felt like. It's 2014, and I get to watch a new 80s horror movie because it's all completely uh, uh, new footage. Yeah. Uh, and but the it was a really interesting story progression. It makes a, so much more sense now. This film, like you could see the actual beginning, middle, and end of the story now that Clyde Bark originally and uh, um, um, uh, anticipated in his vision, but. The other thing that I saw is I could see how the studios in their very small minds and small thinking got scared of this movie and didn't know what to make of it. Because what you have is everything's turned on its ear. The monsters are the good guys. They're like the ones that are being hunted. And the ones that are hunting them, it's especially towards the end, it's like a barrage of – it's a bunch of redneck cops – 
And then for some reason, all of their redneck buddies that uh, ended up, you know, with their pickup trucks and their hunting caps and all their crazy weapons and automatic weapons. That's who's hunting monsters? That's who's hunting the monsters. And then, but that's not all. And then also in the car is a serial killer and a drunk priest. So everything and is... And they walk uh, into a bar. Yeah, sure, yeah. Of course. sure, of course. That's their first stop. Everything on its ear. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing to watch. And one of the things, too, I'm watching, I'm like, well, wow, I don't really recognize any of the actors in this film. Like, nobody really <laughs> went on to do anything else, except there were two names that I recognized. And when I look back now and watch, it's, like, really interesting. Um, David Cronenberg is the serial killer. Ooh. And he, to watch him in this movie, he's absolutely chilling because he plays a psychiatrist so he speaks in this really soft-spoken tone and you just want to believe him like yeah i think everything you're saying makes perfect sense and then he goes you know he kills families and it's horrible wait the director yes the director david kernerman that is so weird to me he shows up in movies he acts in movies that's that's weird yeah he's in it and then also the music danny elfman did the music of course. You, <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> the director of History of Violence is uh, yeah. in this? Okay, yeah, that yeah, makes he sense. Is. He plays the serial killer. That is weird. Uh, David Cronenberg, if you if you click on actor on him, he does show up in a, a bunch of movies. He was even in a Nicole Kidman movie, too, for like a couple scenes. That's but so bizarre. What also is fan, um, amazing and fantastic about this movie is if you really want to see what old school special effects look like before computer animated graphics, before anything was... CG and rendering and all that stuff. You see every effect is practical with the exception of a little bit of animation and like matte paintings. But, you know, it's so dated. You could tell where there's like drawn in animation mm. or matte paintings. But the the um, practical effects are so elaborate for the monsters. There's elaborate monsters that are literally in one shot and you never see them again. So it's that kind of... Um, it looked like there was even more so now as I'm looking at it, the type of budget. It looked like there was a fairly significant budget behind this film because you have all of these practical effects you have some elaborate scenes and you have like a lot of pyrotechnics like as everything kind of gets destroyed uh towards the end so you've got all these old school um effects because you know none of that was cg'd in yeah you see so it was really um a fascinating um achievement to actually re-earth this film recut it and it was almost like going through it was like it's, it's like watching a hard time capsule but uh, but to actually see what a director's vision was 20 some years ago and how it was so far ahead of its time and how it just scared the suits senseless well, so and where, how did you see this i saw it on dvd on blu-ray and uh, uh, and what it is also is there are special screenings. You could find them in festivals if you want to see it on the big screen. I think they're doing a couple other special screenings in certain cities. I think some of them are even fan put together as part of festivals. But if you want to check it out on DVD or Blu-ray, it's available now. Now, is this in any way – Is it was it scary now? And do you think it would have been scary back in the 80s? You know what? It would have or is been it just scary. fun to watch? I and... think it would have been terrifying back in the eighties. Uh-huh. Uh, although it's more of uh, it's more commentary and violence. It's not like Hellraiser was just a creepy and scary movie. Whereas yeah. this is more, um, it, it's a little more bloody and gory and unsettling. But mm-hmm. it's more when you turn everything on its ear. Like the monsters have like a code, and you've got the redneck hillbillies coming after him. There's a uh, it's less like um, jump in your seat scares yeah. as it is just kind of creepy and weird and off-putting in mm. uh, in the best possible way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but like all this different stuff, like you could see um, Clyde Barker created this whole world for this movie. There's like different tiers of monster. There's different levels and there's different codes and there's a mythology behind Midian where all the monsters live and, uh, and the backstory of just the psychiatrist who's also a serial killer and the drunken priest. And uh, there's so much going on in this film and it's uh, it's just a fun, but don't expect seeing like this, you know, classic great horror movie yeah. with great effects of today. It's not, it really is a product of its time. So you have to go in with a sense of nostalgia to actually see it. But this, if you want to see what Clyde Barker's original vision was for this film, this is a great uh, thing to see. And it really is fun. So uh, if you're a fan of 80s horror movies and Clyde Barker, you're going to love it. If you go in cold, you may not really know what's going see, on. See, I think movies like this keep America's love of rednecks alive. <laughs> I, I, seriously, like I just, I was like, wow, rednecks again. But who else do you want chasing a monster than yeah, some rednecks? Of course, of course. You know, a yeah. guy with a, a Confederate flag on his car. You know, some Pick up. Like, yeah. we all... We, I, I'm sure I talk a lot of shit about rednecks, but I love they're the uh, backbone what's of this country. <laughs> they are. I, uh, what's his face from Walking Dead? Uh, uh, it's, uh, what's his name Darryl. now? Daryl. Who I is fucking Darryl's love. Yeah, Daryl. He, he is awesome. I, I want to have a drink with Daryl. I yeah, would but never. Now, to be fair, he's like a progressive redneck. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, his brother. His though, brother was, his was the full, was full redneck. His brother was full on. But Daryl would have. I mean, Daryl's had to grow up a little bit, right? But I just like those guys are fun to hang out with when there are monsters around. Right. Yeah. I think that needs to be a condition. Like, I'll hang out with you, but are there going to be some... Be monsters. Because they want to kill something. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it was a love story. This movie was also a love what? story. Wow. It really was. Get it and, all in. Uh, it was uh, because it was kind of had those... And it helps like you lose weight. Romeo sure. and Juliet, where you know the lead, he becomes a monster, but the girl doesn't give up on him, follows him into Midian, <laughs> and uh, it has all these, it has all these disparate parts to it, and you think like, well, there's no way this is going to be coherent. And the when it first got released, it of course it wasn't because yeah. it was this horrible cut. But now, now that Clive had a chance to actually recut it. It is coherent, and the way that he plays with all the conventions and turns them around is is great. So you really, it's worth your, uh, it's worth a viewing. Can I ask why it's called Nightbreed? What does that they, refer uh, to? That refers to the monsters that are called the Nightbreed. The Nightbreed. Like, okay. You go to Midian, you're a monster, and now you're one of the Nightbreed. It looks like you, if wow. you go to realclivebarker.com is where you can find um, screenings for Nightbreed or or buy it. I'm sure you could get the DVD. Shout Factory. Yeah, it's available on Amazon or whatever. It got re released. Okay. All right. So now, speaking of Nightbreed, th- let's oh. talk about Horrible Bosses too. <laughs> Kevin, you took one for the team, my friend, by going to see... When you emailed me and said, I've seen The Imitation Game and Horrible Bosses too. I was like, wow, above and beyond. Now, awake or asleep? For I was awake too. for all of it. Wow. Oh, um, man, you really should have <laughs> slept through was this Was it anger one. that kept you awake? It, well, <laughs> you know, the, I, I wanted to like this movie. Here's the thing. I feel like I am. I remember. I really liked Horrible Bosses one. I feel like I'm the only one on the planet. Yes, yes, that's correct. But I, I, I remember when it came out, other people liked it too, or were people just lying to my fucking face? Like that was what? Were I don't they know what happened. This at a job interview. I well, <laughs> that's what I lead with at an yeah. interview. <laughs> Also, when I eulogize people, <laughs> just whenever I could throw out my love of horrible bosses, I let it out. Eulogize. Um, 
You might not know this about Steve, but he loved Horrible Bosses. Quick antidote. Uh, who saw Horrible Bosses? Well, Jim loved it. Rest his soul. Um, but It'd be better if you even... Jim never saw it, but man, I loved it. And then you just kind of soapbox your if horrible... If he were alive today, uh, you would want to watch it. Watch it. Oh, but he's not. He's man. dead. But thanks, guys. Uh, I So I... I enjoyed the first one a lot. Um, and in this one, I, I I knew, I was like, well, it could be fun, but I don't, something, uh, it just didn't, it didn't feel right. And um, it just felt like there's nothing there. Even just watching the commercial in the trailer, it just felt like, well, there's not much here. And um, that, that movie, they, it's that, it did that thing where they try to recapture the thing from the, it, they go, what it, made it, everyone laugh before? It try to hang over it. Yeah, let's just do more of that. Yeah, I think it hangovered worse than the Hangover. <laughs> wow. I w- I because I was I can watch all three of the Hangover movies and still go and not want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, it it was just it was annoying first because um, it was like I all the people in it I like it. Sadekis, Charlie Day. Funny um, people. They're very funny. I like Bateman. Um, but the the Charlie Day, Jason Stakus thing, they were way too over the top. Like, I don't remember them all being this dumb. Right. It's based on these, you know, it's the story was driven by these guys who sort of, they've got nothing else to do but try to kill their bosses. Or so they say, you know, right. that's the that's the initial premise this is I can't believe three people who literally got away with murder. If, if imagine if you killed somebody and didn't go to jail or get arrested, you would never, you wouldn't fucking jaywalk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, technically, they only killed one of the bosses. They true, <laughs> very true. <laughs> wow, just blew it for everybody who didn't see. It. Um, well, the other two were in the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> for the sequel, right? <laughs> Um, but th- so I right away I was like, "Oh, you're really gonna do this again? You're really gonna do this?" I it's 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 that thing where like I when you do when you get away with doing something, you want to never do that thing again, or you or wanna, draw attention to it, or just any that guilt. I think we all have that guilt in us. That's like I'm staying the way. I was telling somebody, I years ago, I uh, I was sick and. Uh, and I, the first thing I did was get rid of all my porn for no reason. Just like, oh, this has got to go. This is probably, I got to get right with God or whatever the, f- uh, this is, this is probably, the porn did it. You know, and I just got, yeah, I like, I, I, I think there's this, there's this need to never go near anything you even think is bad again. And I'm watching these guys at the drop of a hat. You know what? Let's just kidnap somebody. Right. And I'm like, oh, that didn't really, okay. And I, I could have, I could have, it just was too weird and and kind of it didn't make sense i just couldn't believe they were doing that shit again right and also i mean obviously you talk about it a little bit you know you're a comedy writer yeah so then you're obviously watching this differently than just someone who right i mean aren't you yeah. watching like joke structure and why are they writing that a joke? little bit but i can sink right into it and kind of and I can forgive a lot. I can let a lot go. I mean, like, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it, it bored me because it was so, they were just being so kind of stupid about the situation. Right. The characters were just kind of really, and they were doing that thing where they're constantly talking over each other and, they're, and they won't, like, that was the bit. 
like like always sunny in philadelphia a little bit but i'm i i've never watched always sunny i i under i know it's great but i they there was just too much of the that like this routine that they did and that i i felt like worked in the first one but they just amped it up where it got interesting is when they started doing the, the actual heist because i like mm-hmm. heist movies and i sure. think that shit's cool and stuff and so when they're talking about the plan and the and chris pine is sometimes he's he's ridiculous to watch and then sometimes it's fun to watch him right. because you're like yeah it's kirk mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it's kirk but hey put on the uniform you know like i just i kind of mm-hmm. wanted to see that a little bit but uh, you know it's it's just it's this really it's kind you of know his father is he's an actor from uh, chips he was like the police chief that's that dude dad? yeah uh-huh what? oh my god yeah what's his uh i remember that guy um mm-hmm. is it matt pine every time there would be a car crash he'd roll your eyes oh punch <laughs> yeah that's his dad yeah that's crazy oh man i like that guy even more now yeah um but yeah the mo- so i was i di- it didn't drive me out of the theater but mm-hmm. i definitely i was like j- this this shit has got to go. Like it just was. I don't know. It, it it got dull after a while because they were just yelling at each other. And right. I I kind of enjoy watching Jason Bateman constantly be Jason Bateman in these movies. So that sort of carried me through. Um, <laughs> Always Jason. He's great. Bateman. It's it, it, that I, that's entertaining to me. I guess. Um, and like I said, once they got into the plan and this is how we're going to do that, I I kind of sat up a little bit and I you know I enjoyed. There are there's some funny parts. There are definitely funny moments in the movie, but it's so disconnected that you're just kind of like you come out of it like, well, I didn't need to. Well, this is the and we've mentioned this numerous times on this show, but I wanted to get your take on this. Isn't it so hard to do a comedy sequel? Yes. I mean, because like name name a great comedy that had a good sequel. Like it is It's hard. It's yeah. hard yeah. to name. I mean, you kind of have to go completely back to the, you, if you're going to do a comedy sequel, I feel like the problem that sequels comedy sequels have is they're trying to do what they did the previous movie right. and it's no longer fresh. Yeah, and I think you need to go, well, we like these characters. What can we put them in another can we do something right. else with them different? Right. Otherwise, you're it's it's retreading old territory yeah i mean they could have done a million things with these guys but they just said well okay so how are we going to get them to flickers no (laughs) yeah i mean city slickers was so great that city slickers 2 i don't you know again it's it's but city slickers 2 is the thing that kevin is just talking about which is they just had him do the same shit again exactly Yeah. yeah yeah um you know, so I don't know. I even airplane, mm, even yeah. with Captain Kirk. I well, it's close. It's close. <laughs> I get on the space shuttle. Airplane. airplane two had that one moment though, where I mean, as a kid seeing this, when William Shatner is talking, they're looking at his face on the monator. Why isn't anyone notified me yeah. about this? And he opens the door and walks through. I was yeah. on the floor. Oh, yeah, God. that was then, that was. Great. That's the one scene everyone remembers. Oh, yeah, when he so would go funny. with the door, yeah. <laughs> like that, was, that was all these yeah. inside yeah. Star Trek jokes. That was yeah, great. yeah. Um, but this movie, I wanted to like it, and it just kind of laid there, and right. you know, um, it, it. But I don't think anyone was surprised. No, I don't think anyone no. was looking for this movie to be. The, 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 the poster. I looked at the poster and just went. Oh. 
Like this, the, the movie poster's not funny. The movie poster yeah. told me everything that I needed to know about this film. It's the yeah. same old bullshit. I, I and, mean, and then over the top, and like, let's make these characters less realistic. Yeah. And less believable. Yeah, yeah, they... They hyper. They just make they, it more wacky. They yeah. dumbed take, them down a lot. Yes, a lot. And then that was the problem with the Hangover was, the, you know, the Hangover films. You to have me, something that was hyper real, and then you made it more hyper real. Then all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm not buying it. Well, now, now these guys mm-hmm. are yeah. fucking felons that are just murdering people around yeah. Vegas and Mexico. Like it, it just didn't. Yeah. And that's what this. Well, uh, all right. Yeah. I mean, I will say, um, I enjoyed Kevin Spacey shows up a couple of times in this movie. And I like when he's there, but it's because you're looking at Kevin Spacey, right? And he's an asshole. He's great at it. Uh, yeah, and it was fun to see him not uh, have the Southern accent and we're in the, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. not be the, uh, his, his character House from House of Cards. Of Cards. Mm-hmm. And you want to watch Kevin Spacey be a great asshole? Watch Swimming with Sharks. Yeah, oh, that is a great yeah. one. Watch that. And, and also a um, uh, one of them where he's a real likable asshole is um, L.A. Confidential. Oh, he's, mm. Yeah, he's really good in that. Um, also. Jennifer Aniston, I it's not that she's spectacular or anything in this, but I don't know why I have kind of a soft spot for her. Mm-hmm. In a, I just like seeing her. Oh, look at her guy. She never ruins a movie. No, you're like, I, all right, I, well, it's I just, just that's just Jennifer Aniston. In the yeah, movie. doing Jennifer fun. Aniston, which is always a yeah. kind of funny and cute. Yeah. Yeah. She's fun. It's not the worst movie in the world. She never makes a movie either. <laughs> but she well, never makes a movie, but yeah. she never ruins one. Yeah. Uh, if you know, she's in all those horrible romantic comedies, her performance is never the thing that you go, oh my God, that's the worst thing about this movie. Or I, the best thing. I will say the weird thing about this movie is that the people in the theater with me, though, mm-hmm. laughing their asses off. Oh. I know. Yeah. You always like I some movies like this play on planes, and I'm just like, there's somebody next to me just going. Ah, this is the funniest movie I've ever seen. And I'm just but, looking at him like, what? The, what are you watching? I mean, I just thought, well, good for them, but I, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I'm not, uh, you know. All right. Well, moving on, we do have one. We have a sponsor. Yes, we, we do. One of my favorite sponsors. What? What are you writing on and trying to tell me? The time. Because I have to report it to the sponsor. The time. Oh, yeah. 48 minutes. Buddy. All right. Let's do it. Um, 48 minutes in. Ad read. <laughs> 48.25. Ad read. Here. Um, uh, this is one of my favorite sponsors because I, I use these guys. Great uh, products. I use their razors just not maybe more than a day or two ago. I don't shave every day. I like a little gristle. Um, so this is Harry's. I like the lived in look. I like the lived in look. The ladies tend to like it. Yeah, that's right, Graham. Oh, Late yeah. night shadow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Turned into a smooth jazz station. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am late night shadow. This product is like a palm strike to your uh, to my five face. O'clock shadow. To my five o'clock face. <laughs> Great pitch, Chris. Nice segue. Good movement. Um, so this is uh, Harry's Razors. Uh, I love these guys. They got a new uh, thing coming out. Winner Winston, which. Um, this is their whole package, which you get the razor, the three blades, and either the shave cream or the gel. I've used both. I go gel. But the cream's not... I've never been a big cream guy, but mm. I do like their cream. Yeah. They got good stuff. And their blades. The blades are the best. Because here's why. Razor blades are crazy expensive. Um, and these come in a lot cheaper than the blades I used to buy. But they're still good. They're amazing blades. And they've, they're four of them. They don't they, come in like, it was like, oh, these are cheap blades. No, no, they're good blades. I wouldn't shave with them. And we'd tell Harry's go away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's, these blades, I like them. Um, 
and I uh, my neck gets chewed up very easily, mm-hmm. and it, this these blades minimize that, mm-hmm. and it from ag- shaving from shaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume people would understand yeah. that, Chris, because that's what we're talking about. But if you want me to clarify that for people, because I just think that I have well, some you sort have of an odd lifestyle. I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I I don't know. I think that's we all we all thought that. (laughs) We also were talking about monsters a little while ago, so who knows if you're trying to bring it back? So there's some sort of neck parasite that I have to fight. There's a night breed. There's a night breed (laughs) that I deal with when I surf. There's there's aquatic neck parasites, (laughs) and I shave them off with my Harry's razors, you guys. So night breed problems use Harry's razors. (laughs) You know. <laughs> Folks, fight off your night breeds with some Harry's <laughs> shave cream and four blade razors. Go with the gel. Yeah. Go with the gel. Yeah. Gel away the night breeds, guys. Um, so this 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 makes this does make an amazing gift. All right. So anyone out there that needs to buy something for their for their fella, mm-hmm. uh, this is a great gift because if they especially if they're already using like nice blades. Like they use the mocks or whatever. And they're fighting off monsters. And they're fighting sure. off neck monsters, specifically that attack their necks <laughs> and chin area. Um, then get this, and uh, it's $30 for the whole package. You get the, the razor. It's a nice chrome razor. You get the three blades uh, and, the, and the gel or the cream for 30 bucks. However, guess what? They've got a coupon code, $5 off, even for returning customers. Oh, so it's not like a new. No, sir. And it's the coupon code is Comedy Film Nerds Holiday. Their coupon code's a little nicer than ours. Yeah, (laughs) a little bit. A little bit. But same function. Same function. (laughs) They both save money. So $5 off of 30 bucks, that's, you know, what is that, 20, almost 20% off? That's a pretty good deal. So uh, go to harrysrazors.com, use coupon code Comedy Film Nerds Holiday, um, which also, you know, uh, it helps us uh, yes. when you guys. You, if you are going to buy this and you use our coupon code, it helps us. It lets the sponsor know that that you guys their money's well spent. Their money's well spent. Um, and, and you guys get uh, something cool for cheaper. You guys get something cool for cheaper. They have free shipping. Um, uh, if you want to get this for a Christmas gift that ends uh, December tenth, um, so you got to order by December tenth to get free shipping. And ground shipping ends on the seventeenth. If you want it to arrive on or before if you want it to arrive by the 24th or before um if you don't care about that holiday order away do whatever you want to do um but so that's it guys um free shipping uh up till december 10th uh go to harrysrazors.com get the winter winston the winter winston (laughs) then use coupon code that sounds like a weird it sounds like a weird sex act yeah Uh, it's it's not weird it's just what some people are into hello honey let's get the winter winston Winston. (laughs) (laughs) all right coupon code comedy film nerds holiday Um, all right so Kevin, let's talk about your podcast that you just oh, started. Oh, this sounds oh, great. Yeah. This is everything that's great about podcasting. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a new podcast that I just recently started doing with uh, W. Kamal Bell, who uh, late of the uh, totally biased with W. which was Kamal a great show, show, and you yeah. wrote on that show. Yeah, um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, he and I used to do an old podcast together called Siskel and Negro. <laughs> and that um it was we talked movies as well it was a lot of arguing of who was the siskel and who was the negro uh we just i don't know we never 
I say we never settled. He says we did. But uh, anyway, so we hadn't done it in a while, and, and recently we, we have a mutual love of Denzel Washington. So we started How doing... How can you not? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. So does America. Yeah. So... Uh, the world. The, uh, so yeah, our podcast is called Denzel Washington is the Greatest Actor of All Time, period. And uh, <laughs> it is a title we managed to squeeze into our little logo thing. Um, but it's all... We just talk about... We basically... Our mission is to prove to the world that that he is, in fact, the greatest actor of all time, period. And we go through all of his movies in alphabetical order each episode. And, uh, and yeah, we just talk Denzel, talk Denzel theories. Um, so what's the <laughs> so Denzel, Denzel theories? Yeah, what's Denzel, an example well, of a Denzel, Denzel, Denzel theory? theory. We, we have, it, it, this is changing of late, but we used to have this, this theory. We haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but we used to... One thing we noticed, you could tell how good a Denzel movie was going to be by how he was looking at you on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was, I, you could set your watch by it at one point. Like, he, it used to be like if Denzel was looking straight at you or in your direction. Not going to be good. No, it was good. Really? But Denzel also does those movies where he's looking over the shoulder. Well, that's gotcha. what I'm saying. Like Training Day and Inside Man. Well, how is he looking on American uh, the Equalizer? Gangster, he's not looking directly at you. See, now it's getting weird. Like Equalizer, I can't, I can't remember what it looks like. But the Equalizer, he's, it's sort of... it's. Well, some of them, there are multiple posters, too. Like in the Equalizer, there was one where he was looking at us, and then there was another where he was looking at the over, kind of kind of at you, but yeah. not quite. And then there was one where he wasn't even looking. He was It was like a silhouette, and you were like, I don't even see Denzel. So, I mean, that it, I think this was with his older movies. Um so we, you know, we kind of we, we kind of talk about that a little bit. Uh, you know, stuff stuff like that. Or our top five Denzel movies are um, the uh, what you know the uh, levels of of Denzelishness. We're big on <laughs> where how much Denzelishness do what are you the get two, per Denzel? What are the two extremes of the chart. Well, there are. There, it, it's really it's elements of Denzelishness. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have the thousand yard stare. Mm-hmm. You have the the walk. That's big. The oh Denzel yeah, the walk. walk. Oh the walk. Uh, that walk with a purpose. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, any uh, you have the Denzel speech in movies. Every you know a good Denzel speech in a movie just. Uh, what there's um, there's the lip. The Denzel. The Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Denzel. I'll write that one down. The Denzel. Denzelalog. The Denzelalog. Denzelalog. Oh, I like. Oh, that's oh, that's a thing that's a segment now. That's yeah. a segment yeah. in your oh, show. Oh my god. Oh. Oh, Chris. That's what we do. <laughs> oh, we help we podcasting. Help we help podcasting oh, flourish. God love you. Um, but also the uh, the one tier, which is not really a dense. That's that's a special. He's only done that in glory. We call it the glory tier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's one of those things where, where Denzel gets the. <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt. I want that on a T-shirt. Yeah, I got that one glory. T- he just pulls that one glory tear out, and it's so it it's so it's not really. You can't look for that in every Denzel Denzel movie. But it, it 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 it's like a comet. Like it came by once, wow, yeah, and we're yeah. just waiting for it to happen. Twenty again. years of time. Yeah. yeah. One day he's going to drop that one tear again, and it's it's going to be a stand up and clap moment in the theater. So yeah, we just sort of share our our feelings about Denzel and and what we think and why he our like our our job is to prove you know that he is the greatest actor of all time. Period. So. Ah. 
I yeah. How many episodes you guys in? We are. Uh, I think the fifth episode drops on Thursday. How often do you guys do it? We do weekly. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So it's just weird because he's out. He's in the Bay Area right now, actually, and I'm in New York mostly. So we're doing this remotely. And uh, I think we'll do a couple episodes. Denzel together was in soon. the Bay Area. Denzel, yeah, you know Denzel lives in uh, <laughs> live in Fremont. Yeah, he's <laughs> got a big East Bay. Fremont. East Bay. Yeah, East Bay guy. Uh, he's, he used to live in Oakland. So um, you guys, how do you do it? Do you Skype it together? Like uh, we um, we used to do that, and that got we we were doing it, and we didn't know what the hell. Like you guys have a great setup here you clearly know what the hell you're doing we were just like well wh- well how g- maybe we if should we put our computers together like we didn't know <laughs> what was going on um so wolf pot it's the wolf pot podcast and so they mm. do that all that for us and um it's weird i go into the uh, john oliver used to do or he, i guess he still does occasionally this, the bugle podcast mm-hmm. and i didn't know anything about it but i, I record in the same studio he used to and so that's kind of cool um and uh, Kamal's in a studio in, in Oakland, and they just, oh, okay. through so the Wolf magic. Kind of, they put it together. Put it together. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Right. So through the magic of all robots. Of science, mm-hmm. robots are a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we put it together. Uh, I absolutely love this idea, and I, you guys got to build it up, because we got to yeah, have yeah. a festival. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we would have guests, we could, you could Skype us <laughs> in. Oh, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. happily. Uh, we, you know, yeah, we, we're definitely, we started off, we're kind of starting just the two of us right now but i th- we're doing we're gonna start doing some guests very soon yeah, so yeah that would be to talk about denzel movies oh holy shit mm-hmm. i can i can imagine I, i'm yeah. jealous that that's what you guys get to do every <laughs> it's fun denzel yeah movies. it's fun we you know, throw to some clips sometimes and so Whoa. yeah it's uh that's great well i want to talk about this a little bit um what has it been like working on the John Oliver show? What is it? La- last week tonight. Is last week tonight. Which yeah, I've seen a couple episodes of it, and I I absolutely love what he's doing. I, you know, I I like I like um, John Stewart, and I like uh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher, but some you know for me sometimes Bill Maher can just be too much of a you know liberal. Uh, angry lefty yeah angry lefty yeah. preaching to the choir john stewart has a really cool thing john oliver is like really trying to comedically affect change like watching the episode with the um the drones <laughs> yeah. holy shit first yeah. of all i'm very against these things mm-hmm. it's a thing and that he came out because the, 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 the thing that 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 bothers me about politics in america is Obama is like in support of drones. And I said to all yep. my friends who voted for him, I voted for him. If a Republican president did this, you'd be fucking yeah. in the streets going crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the Republicans are making us into a war state. But oh, the guy we voted for, so ah, we'll let it slide. Yeah. And it's like bullshit. It is, it's, and the same thing, I, I remember when Bush got elected and I said to my Republican friends, if Al Gore would have won the election the way Bush did, you motherfuckers would have gone crazy. Oh, yeah. You would have yeah. gone ape shit crazy. Instead you went, well, the system works. Like, shut up. Yeah. So that specific episode was heartbreaking mm-hmm. and yet funny. Yeah. Like that to me and no one, I don't see anybody else doing that. And so how, like, obviously, and the way John Oliver does it, because it could very easily be, 
hey, America, you're stupid. I'm a smart Brit. This yeah. is why you're so fucking dumb. And that, that would turn so many people off. But he mm-hmm. doesn't. He talks, he says us. He says And he has we. American writers. Yeah. And he's very proud of his citizenship as, well, I don't know. I don't know if he's officially an, right. an American citizen yet. I know he has a green card, but he no, he might be. I don't. He but well, he's green proud. Card, get on the fuck out. Yeah, like, well, yeah. <laughs> he's got to go. <laughs> no, but I mean, I really wanted watching that episode, and then when you emailed me, I was like, I can't wait to talk to you, and like, like they're obviously you've written on a lot of shows, and and a big part of this, and and, and a lot of our listeners might not know this. The dynamic and vibe in the writer's room is key to what ends up on the screen. On the screen. Yeah, and obviously yeah, yeah. the host is, is a big part of it. It's their mm-hmm. voice and their vision and their, their, you know, all their comedic abilities. But how is that vibe created? Well, I mean, and, I, well, first, thank you. Um, the, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's a new show, so we weren't sure what it was. I think we all kind of thought, well, we'll see how this is not going to be the daily show because mm-hmm. john was very conscious of not wanting to be like the daily show right. obviously coming straight from there and i think as writers we were kind of like well we we're just going to do what they tell us and then we'll you know we'll see what it morphs into and little by little it became who's the head writer uh tim carvel okay also from the daily show okay so uh i think Little by little, we st- you know we put together some top of the show things and we want to do some bits and we I think we all sort of thought we're going to do like an interview we're going to have a guest every show that was just sort of a, it felt like that would be sort of a given um, because when you do a show like that you know it seems like that but and you can get pretty good guests I mean you can I mean both the other shows you know Bill Maher well, and you got HBO behind you you got HBO yeah, behind oh, yeah. you and you so you get, get yeah. these th- th- that does what make those two shows great is they get these big name politicians who mm-hmm. normally they're not going to go on letterman necessarily no. but they'll come on a show like that which makes it kind of interesting yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean and john wanted to talk to some really interesting if he talked to somebody he really needed he wanted to be like he needed to have a thing to ask this person he didn't want to just you know uh How's it i going? i would yeah I, I as much as i love uh matt damon I'm sure he would never be just a random guest on the show, plug in his movie or something like that. Um, but I think what slowly started to happen is we were like, well, we'll do, let's do this. Let's do a thing about, um, I think the Indian election was the first one we was in the first episode. And we were just trying to write like a six or seven minute thing. And, uh, and it just sort of got a little bit bigger. And so we were like, wow, we have this monster piece in the middle of the show. I guess that's fine. We can do that, right? We got some time. We don't have commercials. And little by little, these pieces got bigger and bigger. And so that sort of became, I think that's the thing that John and the show latched on to is this is our sort of flagship going in, doing these big pieces. He does, he's not a journalist. He will tell you he's not a journalist. He's not, they're not trying to be activists, but well, it's just there are 90% of the people on cable news channels. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, I mean, you guys know it's the it's the joke first, ultimately, and along with what you're just trying to say, what mm-hmm. you want to, and I think that's really what he's doing. He, you know, like we did the the thing about the um, net neutrality, and uh, after the the show aired, the net neutral or the the FCC website crashed because we did a bit telling people to go leave comments on the FCC site. You know, telling them we want net neutrality and all this stuff, and and so um, people were sort of like, "Yeah, he's really trying to 
make stir up make a thing. Yeah, and he's 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 not. It's great that that kind of thing happens, and he likes that it happens. But he's there to entertain and to and to to go. This is what I know. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm interested in. Here, have a look at it, and we have some jokes to go with it too. And I think that's really his the main. That's the thing I get. I. Yeah. You know, from watching that show is, yeah, the joke is first, but I almost feel like he's wants to serve you some like, hey, you need to think about this. And oh, he yeah. he dresses it up with jokes to mm-hmm. make it a little more palatable. Yeah. But I really feel like it's not necessarily joke first. And I don't mean that as a slam. You know no, what I mean? No, no, I mean no, that no. Like- I, I know yeah, what you're saying. It's, it's weird. It is a weird line to walk because it's definitely like I know one thing. He wants to make sure that the shit on that show is airtight. That whatever argument we're putting out there, whatever we're saying, the research behind it—it's behind well, you it. You must is, have a research department. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. yeah, we do. And so, and they like the cable news companies, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, propaganda department, <laughs> uh, research department. You guys are doing their best. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, so he, yeah, he wants to make sure because you're right. Sometimes it is well, this joke doesn't support the point. It's a great joke. But it's got to go because the reality is it's this. And so we can't just. Well, what that does is that creates a very specific and uh, tight voice for the show. Yeah. And that's what's, you know, really great about something like that, that, you know, you guys um, take the time and actually make that a priority because I think in the long run, that'll serve the show better. The other thing, too, and I remember when several years ago, for the Daily Show, I remember people in, in, in regular media, some, some survey came out that most younger people are getting their news from the Daily Show. And I remember seeing the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the Fox people going, oh, my God, this is where we're at in society. And I, was, I wanted to scream at them, no, no, this is what you've created. Yeah, and, this is your and fault. John Stewart yeah. is more believable than mm-hmm. you motherfuckers are. Yeah. And that's the thing that I like. And, and, and you know... I always think too, like if uh, if somebody came out with a cable news channel that was just news and actual news, I think it would do very well. Are you kidding me? It would explode. Yeah, I it think would. Mm-hmm. Like like let factcheck.org fact or one of these um, these nonprofits or Politifact let them create a. News Are you channel. kidding me, man? Because yeah. here's here's the thing. First of all, I'm not surprised that John Oliver is like make sure this is airtight, like no yeah. bullshit, no agenda. Get the stats on this. The other thing too, Chris, to your point. When I was in, did this tour through Asia, and I would watch in Hong Kong and Shanghai the English-speaking news channel that was generated over there. And I remember, like I was there in August when the ISIS thing first happened. Mm. You would just see a little graphic, you know, um, ISIS. It would just say, like, ISIS attack. Yeah. Or, or um, you know, shooting in Ferguson, because both those things had just happened when I was over there. And then I come back to the States, and the graphic is, ISIS, go attack, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And unrest, uh, Ferguson fight, black, white, blah. And like, yeah. the, the graphics that are used here, it's fucking entertainment. It's like it's watching, entertainment, yeah. watch ESPN yeah. and watch CNN. It's the same yeah. fucking shit, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all trying to make a movie out it's of right. what's <laughs> happened. Yeah. And it's like, just tell us the story don't yeah, what, tell us what, what happened or, and you see yeah. like over and i would you know and you see this you know like on the bbc too like search just, for the malaysian airplane oh yeah that thing <laughs> that, was oh. going on it was just like and it was and and then here like you watch the like some of the new local news posters i'm like that looks like a cw show mm-hmm. right. these beautiful people you know these yeah. 
It's unbelievable. So obviously you guys are going, you're, you're in corp, you know that that's what the mainstream news yeah. is. And that's all part, yeah. I mean, that's what John Stewart has always done is he's always made fun of that. Mm -hmm. So then how are you guys, like you, well, you just sort of said you're, you're making sure that like if the joke doesn't support the actual facts of the story that you'll pull it or whatever. Yeah. What other, what other sort of things are. I mean, it's really, and it's interesting just to that your point it's it's sort of ironic that people refer to these shows whether it's uh last week tonight or or the daily show or colbert as fake news shows because i don't think they're fake news shows. they're not fake news shows they're just shows about the news mm -hmm. we're just making jokes about a fake the news, news show about, is when you're making yeah, up the news yeah a fake news show ironically now is what like i feel like what a lot of these like cnn cable, and, and, it, cable news have, have yeah, become like fake where they're just sort of propelling shit or making shit up yeah, for the sake propaganda. of you know um you know i mean our process is really just to sort of um make sure everyone is in the loop i mean we spend a lot of time just sitting down with every with the research department the um all the writers john you know uh the producers tim and liz and just talking about what you know a what's going on and and then what john or anyone else in that room is passionate about and sort of you know most of our day is spent or the at least the first part of the day is spent just all of us looking through news and pitching ideas right. through email mm -hmm. and which is different like on totally bias we all came up with some ideas we sat around a room, and i think most writers rooms are like that you sit around the room and you're pitching mm -hmm. the ideas but um you know we take a little bit of time and just sort of throw some things out by email oh, and and John comes in and, and later says, all right, I like this. This is something we could do later on. And we kind of talk about, uh, cause it's weekly show. Yeah. It's weekly, right. which is, uh, at least it's not a strip show. It's yeah. so nice. It's, it's so, I mean, it's, it's man, the, those daily show guys, like having done totally bias was a nightly show, our second season. Mm -hmm. And that shit was difficult. Like that, yeah, that is just hard. a, it, we went from a weekly to a nightly and suddenly just like that. And, you know, and uh, uh, what they do at Colbert and, and daily show is amazing. But, um, so it's nice to just be able to kind of breathe a little bit and do the weekly thing. But, you know, I mean, I, we meet a couple times a day sometimes and just, Figure, suss out what we want to say about a certain thing. It's all about the angle of it and and where you want to kind of attack it. What's important to get out there? What he, and it it's also it's ever evolving, and so that it can be frustrating as a writer because you're like, but I had these jokes in here and these were great and I thought this was funny and we he liked it and, and then well we got to cut this out because this is more relevant relevant or we found this out about this thing you know and that happens oh, right. all the time right. and so the facts dictate. Yeah. More of where the jokes are going to go. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. All right. Exactly. Well, that's that's, awesome. uh, that's really cool. That's really so check cool, out dude. the show. Uh, what's <laughs> it called again? It's called Last Week Tonight Last with John week Oliver. On HBO. John Oliver. On HBO. It's HBO. We come back uh, February 8th. Now, I want to let you guys know, too, if you don't have HBO, um, HBO is going to actually release HBO Go next year. So you don't need cable. You don't actually need a subscription. Is, you could actually, this is a game changer. This is You're great. You're going to be able to get uh, HBO. Go um, buy, on any buy, device. Buy, <laughs> buy cable Netflix. Yeah, buy cable. Like one, and one of the things like you don't even think of like it's not just even uh, um, your phone or your iPad. Like you can get an HBO Go app. Like I can get it on the PlayStation. That's how we watch Netflix. Oh, so there you, you can go. This is where I mean, obviously, everywhere. like the sports networks have already started to do yeah. this, where you yeah. can just get our our league 
on your phone. Right. Yeah. For a monthly blah 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 yeah. or whatever. So, so that's coming. That's huge. Uh, I don't even so, have HBO yet. Yeah. Well, that's how I <laughs> work for them, yeah, and I'm like, oh, you can, I need to. Well, you've waited them out. You've yeah. Been able to get the app. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now let's go to DVDs and Blu-rays released. Um, uh, we're running a little behind, but you know what? So what? Behind on what? It's all right. On what? On time. A show that has no time. Yeah. This show that has time. Uh, <laughs> we can do no whatever we want. Yep. There's nothing. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is out, and oh. this is this was a really uh, fun movie, and we had this discussion with uh, I think a couple guests where these Planet of the Apes movies are better than anyone ever thought they could be or that they even had any right to be. And they're great movies. They're, great. they're yeah. actually fun. This one was really good, too. I this mean, one was like... It had, a, it had a lot of cool stuff in it. All the great social commentary yeah, that the original movie yeah, And great effects. And great, great effects. effects. And it, it's really good. And the good. motion capture shit. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, the 100-Foot Journey. Now, this is... Um, I like this. Uh, have you seen it? Yes, yet? I did see this movie. I think mm-hmm. I even saw it on a plane. This is a uh, Helen Mirren and um, oh yeah the, about the the uh, she runs this like five star world renowned restaurant in this yes. small town in, in oh France. yeah yeah you did talk about and this, this uh, family from India comes over yeah and uh, it's just a it's a it's a one of those nice little indie films that just really cool and. Uh, if, right. you, if you haven't got a chance to see it, I would check it out. Cool. It's a good movie. And I do have one DVD pick for the holidays, Ernest Saves Christmas. Okay. There uh, you go. Explain yourself. <laughs> okay. This is another 80s uh, movie. <laughs> I was, it was an 80s movie Santa's watching in mode. the slammer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's by no means uh, a good movie at all. It, it's There's there's nothing redeemable about it. But it's a great pick. He saves Here, Christmas, for it, God's though. sake. If you have kids... And they have never seen Ernest before. Like, my kids love the movie because mm-hmm. it was really, it's a kid's movie. And really, um, Jim Varney, the character of Ernest, is a kid's character. It's right. almost like Barney. It's like a redneck yeah. Barney. And you watch it and... I, I, again, rednecks yeah, saving yeah, again, the day. Saving, <laughs> saving the day. And you watch this movie, too, and you watch the character. And, it, you know, years ago, he, he died um, uh, years ago. But you look at this... Um, the progression of an actor and you think, man, that's, you know, you figure out that one thing and run it into the ground where a pile of money <laughs> yeah. is waiting. Right. And it really, it's, uh, yeah. um, but if, if you have kids and they've never seen it, it'll be enjoyable. It's, if you're an adult, skip it. Full disclosure. Watch Elf. I saw Ernest Goes to Camp in the theater. So did I when as a kid. Absolutely. But I was trying to see Commando. Yeah. And they would not let me in because oh, it was yeah. rated R. Uh, what, what's the famous line from uh, Ernest Goes to Camp? I don't know. When he remember. had the turtles? What? What is it? Death from above. <laughs> See? That's, that's the goodness you can get with Ernest Saves yes. Christmas. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, he'll, like, you know, he does John Wayne impressions. It's absolutely unwatchable. But Great. if you have children, um, they will enjoy it. What you want to do, though, that with this guy is go and find him as a serious actor doing so. Because you know though, that he exists did, he somewhere. Did, he did some Shakespeare. Absolutely. That's what? In, I, well, see? What? Look, look up Jim Varney and you'll see he actually has a resume as an actor. Uh, that's what's so hilarious. The, I cannot wait. Yeah. This is uh, like getting Shatner's album, The Transformer. Yeah. Man, yeah. Right? Where he does Cyrano de Bergerac yep. and all uh-huh. that. Oh, man. So, um, and coming out this week, um, we have the movie Wild. Now, this is. We're um, no hurry. Uh, um, we, um, this is the Reese Witherspoon movie. This is yes. based on actually, a, I believe, a true story. A woman, Cheryl uh, Strayed, um, she wrote a memoir, Wild from Lost. To found on the Pacific Crest Trail. This looks really 
interesting because it looks... It's a premise that's been done many times, but it's also an interesting premise where, you know what, done with society, dropping out, going into the wild. Okay, yeah, this isn't the one where... This is... There she takes a long hike. This is not the one with the African kids, right? Remember, she really... There was something coming out with her and some, some African, African guys. Kids? They weren't kids. They were like grown men coming to America. And she... Um, <laughs> Were they playing baseball? I don't know what, what they're cricket? doing. I, I just think, know Reese Witherspoon. The John Ham movie. Water for elephants? What are you? Which one are you? <laughs> Maybe talking? that's it. I don't know. It just it came out. Reese, I saw a trailer for it, and I was like, oh no, I can't, I can't do that. It was this. It's about this <laughs> this white lady and these uh, three African dudes come over to the U.S. and she are you has thinking to of coming to America. No, the Eddie Murphy <laughs> movie. That would be amazing if we all discovered Reese Witherspoon was yeah. in coming to America as a grown woman. No, I get this is the hike one where she goes on a yes. This okay, is the hike one. that looks yes. great. And I believe it's in America. Okay, okay, good. And it reminds Excellent. us of that Australian movie we saw mm-hmm. too, Tracks, yeah. um, where we learned that uh, there's a lot of feral camels. Um, <laughs> Well, traversing well, here's the similarity the of both these films they're both based on real people real people who went both similar like women who were kind of floundering in their mm-hmm. lives or whatever and decided i'm just gonna hike across some yep. crazy shit i'm going eat pray love i'm going i'm, I'm going, gonna but hardcore eat pray yeah. love. not gonna, like eat it not go to italy right but like sure. backpack gonna get your groove back Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people go lounge by a pool other people take a long walk <laughs> so reese gets her groove back in wild sure um, now, Chris, you just watched this. You were watching this trailer as I walked in today. Yes, this is. Uh, there, there's not a lot of movies coming out, but there's one indie I want to put on everybody's radar. This is called Zero Motivation, and it's in a it's an Israeli film. It's about a unit of female Israeli soldiers at a remote desert base bide their time as they count down the minutes until they can return to civilian life. So it's an Israeli wow. private Benjamin. So <laughs> wait a minute. I get, get I do not get a hint of wacky from this description. Yeah. Uh, no, and I'm it looking. Is, it's a comedy. It's a, it it's is a, a comedy. comedy drama. And uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> and we saw the trailer and I'm like, wow, you know what? I, I want to see this movie now. I want to see what the perspective is from making this film oh and my what God. it must be like for um the soldiers because everyone has mandatory two years. Um in Israel, yeah, uh, military. No. Oh, that's military right. Service. Everybody. I'm. So, oh my god. I'm into this already because um, if you Private saw Benjamin. World War Z, <laughs> Private, <laughs> if, if you saw World War Z with Private Benjamin, yeah. <laughs> the um the soldier who watches over um uh Brad, uh, Pitt. Brad Pitt. I I remember at the end of that movie, I was like, I want to see her movie now. Right. I want to see what she yeah. like that. It, she was absolutely armless badass. McGee. So, so now, yes, armless <laughs> McGee. <laughs> I believe it was McAfee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I'm all in on this zero motivation. Um, so I, check it out. I'm sure it'll be on demand uh, or in limited theatrical. Got it. Well, that's our episode, ladies and gentlemen. That was a jam-packed episode. Jam-packed? We went buck 20 on this one. Wow. Nice. With an ad read. Wow. With an ad read. This is like a live episode. Jesus. Yeah. This is good. I'm long-winded. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Just, Shut very up. interesting Sorry. stuff. I, I didn't, we didn't know that Sorry. about John Blah, Oliver's, blah, uh, blah. John sure. Oliver, no, blah, blah. <laughs> Denzel, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what do you, you know, what do you want? <laughs> you guys, I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go do a eulogy. Here's another thing about <laughs> Jennifer go Aniston. Do a <laughs> 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 I got to go do a eulogy. 
<laughs> you're on the eulogy circuit. Sure. You know, whenever you're out to LA, just pick up, you know, be guests on podcasts and do eulogies. Sure, yeah. that's what I'm here for. That's solid business. A lot of funerals. Books, books those eulogies. I've got to get a taste of that. Um, all right, well, th- that was a great show, Kevin. Thank you so much for being on. Thank the show. you. What What do you got coming up? Where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm. You can follow me. I'm at Kevin Avery on Twitter. Uh, also, um, th- th- check out Denzel Washington's greatest greatest actor of all time. Period. Uh, it's on iTunes, I would assume. It's on iTunes. Yeah, um, yeah. Please subscribe to us. Uh, and also, I have a film. Uh, it's called Thugs the Musical. Ooh. Um, I did this. It, it, it sort of uh, based on a bit from my act and uh, about being a black guy who auditions for um, uh, black roles, but is not quite. Uh, quote unquote black enough to get them <laughs> and so it's about this black actor who gets frustrated and he puts on his own uh, play called Thugs the Musical this really awful play to sort of prove to the world that he can act black so uh, it's me it's uh, David Allen Greer is in it Margaret Cho is in it uh, Prodigal Son like from the Wu-Tang family is oh, in it dude. so wait, wait you d- directed this? I wrote it uh, and produced it uh, the director is Liam Sullivan, who also directed the uh, the uh, Kelly videos. The um, let me borrow that top and, and all those. Uh, he's he's great. He's a guy who knows comedy, so uh, he's he's very funny and great to work with. But the film uh, it's been re- it's been out for a little bit, but um, you can you can get it if you go to Thugs the Musical. Is it a short? It's a twenty five minute short. Okay. okay, so you can go to thugsthemusical.com and get it, and uh, you could also get the soundtrack on iTunes. It's called Thugs the Musical, the album. <laughs> Nice. And it's me singing a bunch of uh, thuggish show tunes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like "Oh No, She Didn't" and, uh, <laughs> and "Who's That Keeping It Real?" and you know, uh, so you're fitting a lot into 25 minutes. Yeah, trying, trying, you know, break yourself. That's oh, a that's a that's a fun tune. So great. yeah, this reminds me of of Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah, it's give it a little more of a downtown it's, feel. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, go thugsmusical.com. You could find a, a link to to get the movie. It's a, you can get it for a buck. It's a dollar. Oh well, you gotta so, spend a dollar, you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go grab it. Go grab Thugs the Musical. Yeah. That's awesome. And do you perform much? As a, are you stand up still? Kind of. Yeah. No, I do. I um I I do perform not as much obviously because of my schedule. But yeah, I, I uh, I'll do. I'll be actually at the Punchline in uh, San Francisco on the on the 29th. The 29th. Oh, nice. So come see that show December 29th. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Very cool. Doing the show. Um, oh, thanks for reaching out too. I'm glad. Yeah, no, thank man. you yeah. for having me. This is great. Yeah, you hear that, uh, Todd Berry and Nikki Glaser, when you guys yeah. come to L.A.? Yeah, guys. Um, uh, so we've uh, this uh, Saturday, I'll be uh, headlining in Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, at Hawaiian Brian's. Uh, and set, surfing. And so, yeah, it's a surf trip with a comedy show in it. Um, so, yeah, this Saturday, December 6th, I believe uh, doors open at 730. Um, we put links to it on my Facebook and on the Comedy Film Nerds Facebook. And then... Next week, December 11th, in Oklahoma City, two shows, one uh, Chris and I doing stand-up, and then the Comedy Film Nerds Live podcast. We were just putting together the trailers. Got some great ones we're going to be showing. Got some great trailers we're going to show. Um, Johnny Depp will be featured in one of these trailers, because we need something to make fun of. Um, (laughs) Oh, Johnny. Oh, Johnny. Why, Johnny, why? Um, So check that out. Um, over just after Christmas, I'll be uh, with Doug Benson in San Diego and Irvine, and then just added this. I'll be doing New Year's Eve at Skyline in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin. New Year's Eve, and then headlining Zanies. I'm headlining the 
New Year's Eve show, and then headlining the Zanies in downtown Chicago, January 2nd through the 4th. Cool. Chris, you got some dates coming I up. I do. Well, we're doing, the obviously, the Oklahoma City show, and then I'll be in uh, Palm Springs and um, Las Vegas for the Improv in late January, and I'll keep you guys posted on those dates. Sweet. And as we said, you guys... Um, subscribing to us on iTunes helps get our yes. ratings up. Even if you listen to it some other way, just subscribe. Or get other up. people to subscribe. Get too. other people to subscribe. And you can listen and then erase it or whatever you need to do, but just subscribe <laughs> to that shit. Um, all right, that is that is our episode. Of course, 10% off everything in comedyfilmers.com with coupon code I'm a cheap asshole. Um, <laughs> of course. And <laughs> say that into the mirror as you type it. <laughs> <laughs> God knows we are. Um, So that's our show. Thank you once again to Kevin Avery for coming into the Nerd Garage. Um, My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. As always, remember, Han Han shot shot first. first. Yeah. (laughs) 